0: and welcome to Positive Vibes from the Valley. I'm your host, Ryan, and I work for the Northwestern Prevention Collaborative as the Community Liaison and Training Coordinator. This podcast focuses on SAMHSA's eight dimensions of wellness. Emotional, spiritual, intellectual, physical, environmental, financial, occupational, and social. So today we're talking about physical wellness, and we invited Mr. George Reed to come on to our show and talk a little bit more about that. Thank you for being here today, George. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, man, I'm really glad you were able to come on and talk a little bit about physical wellness. So first things first, I'm going to give you uh, the definition of physical wellness. Then we're going to talk a little bit about you uh, (laughs) and why you're talking about physical wellness. So physical wellness is pretty straightforward um, with regards to, to the other dimensions. So SAMHSA gives the definition. It says a healthy body. Good physical health habits, nutrition, exercise, and appropriate health care. These make up the physical dimensions of wellness. Well, it's pretty straightforward and pretty simplistic. Um, So really quick, George, just so for our our listeners kind of joining us, um, you're the director of the the local wellness center here. Um, I know you have a, a large educational background in physiology and and exercise, why don't you tell our, li- our listeners a little bit more about that, more about your background, and maybe a little bit more about your experience and the work you've done.
1: Sure. Uh, so briefly, I've been in the fitness and wellness industry for about 20 years. Uh, I was turned on to it late in high school, where I found myself as kind of an overweight teenager, uh, looking to find ways to feel better about myself. And uh, I found you know i found movement i found exercise and really really loved it uh, from there i joined uh, the military and uh, you know kind of used uh, fitness as like a platform to kind of get ready for boot camp and basic training um, and then you know that, that sort of solidified what i wanted to do i kind of realized like as is, is much as i appreciated being in the army i really didn't want to do that for my career uh, but i loved exercise and i wanted to do something with that, so I went to James Madison University to study kinesiology, um, and I did that for four years, and right out of college, I got a job as a personal trainer, um, working the fitness floor at the Wellness Center, Uh, spent many, you know, obviously I'm still in my 18 year career there, you know, did, you know, group fitness, personal training, you know, working with, with clients pretty much my entire career, while I was doing that, I went back and got my master's degree from James Madison University. Um, you know, I, I sort of discovered after that how much I really just in, sort of enjoyed nerding out on fitness and wellness topics, and you know, later became an adjunct professor with, with James Madison University. Still do that to this day, uh, where I teach, uh, you know, you, you know, college students how to engage in healthy physical activity, healthy movement. Uh, as you know, among other things. So I really, you know, love the teaching aspect of it. Obviously, you know, how I met you, you were a new trainer at the Wellness Center and I was assisting you at like giving you a base level of knowledge to help you be a successful personal trainer in our industry. Um, you know, so I really I really love the teaching part. I really love what movement and health can do for you. Seeing that not only personally, but in, office, in many lives in many different capacities through my 20 year career. Um, so you've heard me blab on about this stuff for long enough to decide, like, oh, well, he could probably fill a, a, a podcast with with some of this information. So, um, I, but I do appreciate you having me on to talk about it.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's one of the things, you know, uh, hmm. and it kind of leads to our next question. And, and you taught me a lot, definitely when I first came on. And I knew that you would be a, a great fit for the show because of that teaching aspect, one of the biggest things that we try to do and that we found that people respond the best to rather than being, you know, sold something or being advertised or being quote unquote convinced, people like to be educated and then make their own decision. Right. And and youth actually show that time and time again. Um, so keeping with that and George with your different experience, um, what does it mean to you to be considered Physically well. What is that? Do they come give you a trophy? Do you wear a, a, a belt or a plaque above your office door there that says "Hey, physically well"? What's that look like?
1: Yeah, that, that's one of the things that are. I think there's segments of the fitness culture that have done that pretty well, uh, because you're you're right. What does that mean, right? You have in. Elementary education, you have the physical fitness standards, which consists of several tests that, that tell, determine whether or not you're fit or not. And you know, through my college education, we have like sort of the upper level equivalent to that, which is like the American College of Sports Medicine. Right? How how strong are you? How how's your cardiovascular fitness? Right? But I think the the gaping hole in all of that is nobody really looks at you as a human. Right? One thing we all have in common is we all have like a movement, right? We don't, uh, but we never until probably twenty years, twenty-five years ago, we never established like a movement baseline, right? We have baselines for blood pressure, for height and weight. You know, even we have these physical fitness standards, uh, but yet you may bring a compromised movement to those physical fitness standards, and then you're just pouring fitness onto you know, what people in our field might say, like dysfunction, right? You're not putting fitness on like a good base or you're not building your house on a firm foundation. Um, You know, so I think the movement piece and, 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 and taking everybody through that and getting appreciation for how well they move so that they're moving well before they start moving often. So to me, in order to be, you know, physically fit, you have to you have to be able to move well right? It's, it's moving pain-free, right? I think we, we've sort of like arrived at a place where pain is normal, right? But pain's never been normal, right? It, pain is our warning light on our dashboard. Right? We wouldn't say that it's normal for our check engine light to be on, right? Um, that's what pain is. Pain is our check engine light saying, hey, something's not right in your body, but yet we've medicated it. We've worked around it. Like, Oh, I just don't run because my knees hurt. My ankles hurt. Right. But you should, you're, you should be able to move. You should be able to run. Right. You should be able to do things you enjoy. Um, you know, uh, but I think we've, we've got some of that backwards. So really establishing that healthy movement baseline before we engage in what I think, unfortunately what we get first, right. Which is that physical fitness test. How many pull-ups can you do? Right. And, you know, I was the fat kid, right. So I was like, Oh, I can't do any pull-ups, <laughs> um, you know, here's I'm watching Ryan do like a hundred and I'm like, I, I can't do that. Right. So I'm not physically fit at all. Right. I'm, you know, and I think that can be more discouraging than looking at like fundamental basic movement patterns and like, can you clear those? And then now let's work on getting you a pull-up because you're going to do it safer and better. And you're going to appreciate it more.
0: That's really interesting that that you bring that up because it's kind of a common theme I see in all of these dimensions Um, and of course I have a particular vested interest in physical wellness, uh, but is that idea of returning to simplicity, you know, Hey, keep it simple. And, and starting, like you said, Hey, start at that simple, basic movement level and build from there, you know, and, and you've kind of already touched on our, our next question about, um, you know, with misinformation that, that swirls out there. Um, and like you were saying, with different standards, it's interesting. There's different standards, you know, at collegiate test. The Army has a different physical fitness test. They just came yeah. out with another new one. Uh, so, you know, it, it sounds like that that uh, plaque that we're waiting to get, that physically well plaque it is a work in progress. Yeah. And I guess the question that I have for you regarding that would be, you know, with with that misinformation out there kind of swirling around, And physical fitness is kind of a a fad almost even lately in some ways. What do you think primarily we get wrong about physical health or wellness? And how do we start to fix that?
1: Yeah, you know, and everything works. You know, if you think about the pendulum principle, right? Everything kind of works in that pendulum principle. And right now we have undulated way over here to extreme fitness, right? Um, the CrossFit games, you know, and and, and even CrossFit gyms, it, it's just, you know, extreme push your body to the max all the time, right? You know, and, and when we've done that, when the pendulum has swung over here, and I, I'm not saying there's anything bad or wrong with those things, I think we are in a time where quantity is more important than quality, right? You see it in every physical phys- fitness metric, Right. So I'll use, I'll use the CrossFit for example, right? When you go in there to work out, it's about how many repetitions, how much can you do, period, right? And when we think about ACSM, American College of Sports Medicine, right? It's how many crunches you can do, how many, how much pounds you can push on the leg press. It's all about quantity, right? It doesn't say anything about doing it right. Um, I, I think sometimes that's implied, but it's not, it's like you shouldn't gloss over that very important fact, because right? Because people are going to miss it, right? Because if I tell you to do, you know, hundred of anything, you're gonna like dominate it no matter what it looks like. Um, and then and it starts with our kids, right? It's how many pull-ups you can do, how long you can hang, how fast you can run a mile. Again, it's it's quantity, 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 but we've we've forsaken the quality, which was over here on this side and the pendulum has gone all the way to quantity. So I, I, I think we'd, it'd be nice to sort of land in the middle, right? Where we have some qualitative metrics around that, right? Like, you know, we could we could make fitness a lot better by cleaning up and ensuring that everybody can do things in in a a quality way and stop pushing them towards the maximum. Right. You know, we're starting to see a, a little bit of a shift because of that. Right. We have we're overloading the human body system so much. You know, all that we can think about is recovery. Right. And I was listening to some guys talk the other day. You know, and they're like, if you have to spend time thinking about your recovery, you're really doing this wrong. Right. Because movement should be restorative. Movement should be actually be life giving and not like, you know, I, I couldn't move the next day. Um, but we've sort of again, you know, we kind of lived over here. So we've got to kind of find that middle ground. Right. I don't want to go all the way over here where we're just, you know, everything is about like moving this absolute perfection. Right. Because perfection, you know, You know, especially if you remember your spiritual wellness, perfection, this side of the the heaven doesn't exist. Uh, But I do think we should sort of strive where we have, you know, a standard for movement, which, you know, the folks at the functional movement system have given a simple test that anybody can do uh, that will help us kind of gauge where we are in terms of movement and then working from there and building upon that. Right. We're even seeing research now where we're focusing on like the minimal effective dose. Right. Because right now I think we're like, oh, well, you know, if I'm not at the gym for an hour and a half, you know, I didn't really work out today. Right. Or if I didn't do all these things. uh, And then on the flip side, we're doing studies where we're looking at like, okay, you do like, you know, 10 minutes of exercise a day. Right. We're seeing very similar health benefits to working out for an hour and a half when you're doing like a 10 minute bout. Right. So it's like, okay, you know, but we're having like within this, we're also see where orthopedics is now eclipsed cardiovascular disease and you know other metabolic conditions in terms of the the cost right that 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 our healthcare system is spending so we have like two leading killers right cancer and cardiovascular disease that are being eclipsed by orthopedic cost because we're just beating the crud out of ourselves right it's it's crazy
0: That's really interesting. And it's an interesting thing that you're saying. Um, Again, another, another thing that we talk about all the time is finding balance. So we talk about finding balance within like how the dimensions interact with one another, you know, with your uh, physical wellness and your spiritual wellness and obviously the other six dimensions. If one is underdeveloped, you're going to feel that there's, there's going to be some issues. And when we start to look at the uh, individual dimensions, you can dive in and start to see those imbalances and with physical wellness i definitely agree with you i think there's this idea you know that like you said pain and and discomfort now is the ultimate goal how yeah. <laughs> how much pain can i endure how much discomfort can can i endure and while pain and discomfort can be a part of growth in all dimensions like you like you said it shouldn't be you know the the overall thing that movement should feel good. You should leave feeling better, not worse. Um, And that's, that's simple. So I think you're right. I think by trying to get back to that idea of, Hey, it's not about how much you're doing, but how well you're doing it type of idea. I love your, your uh, contrast there between quantity and quality. That's a great example that I think we could apply to a lot of things. So, Well, I think the other thing, too, just to kind of add a little more to that thought about um, and and kind of segueing into the the next question, when we get things wrong in this particular dimension, I think it can result uh, in injury. You know, it can definitely manifest itself in a lot of different ways. So why do you think physical wellness is important, not just to the individual, but think of Bigger picture. So think of the bigger picture. Think of the community. Why do you think physical wellness is important to the community overall? I mean, I think we're coming out of, of uh, you know, a COVID year, right? Where
1: I think our focus on health and wellness should have been magnified, right? Because COVID was impacting large, you know, it was, it, it was COVID plus, my heart condition covid plus my obesity covid plus my diabetes that was unfortunately ending in uh, not a good situation for a lot of a lot of folks right and i don't think i heard enough like the importance of wellness and exercise right again we had largely preventable risk factors being just sort of like you know Magnified uh, with with COVID and and ending in in either really really sick individuals or you know potentially fatal uh, with that. So you know I, I think if, if I were to like replay this right, if I were to look look back and you know if I were to sort of be leading the charge, I would be leading the charge like, hey, like let's use this as an opportunity to see like kind of some of our mistakes from the past where we really didn't have a physically well. Culture for the most part, I mean, obesity is still, you know, a problem. Like, uh, uh, you know, we're, are these these diseases that we're suffering from are still are still a problem that from that are resu- a direct result of inactivity. Um, so think about how it impacts the community. I think we I, I would I would replay that and have, you know, this wellness thing be sort of magnified, right? So let's not relive this. Let's be healthy, right? Not to say that healthy people weren't impacted negatively, but it was a much it was an insanely much smaller percentage, almost not even existent, Right. We heard about it um, as almost as if it was normalized, but it really, you know, when you look at the numbers, it really wasn't the norm. Right. Um, so I would hope that we would all have gotten through this and said, like, we, you know, we need to make a new commitment to be healthy. Right. Um, you know, in the old saying, you know, sweat together, stay together, you know, working at a, one gym for 18 years. Right. I've seen that. Um in many of our segments of our population where it's a group of people who not related, but they just come to the gym and they have, they have like such tight bonds, right? Like family through that physical culture, right? Through being engaged in this activity together. Right. And you've seen it even in like, if you think about, you know, those, uh, Maybe there's workplace challenges that you're, you had you do where you're engaged in something physical together, and then how instantly all of a sudden, like your team like wants to give hugs. Right But before they were like, you know, they were given like fingers, right? Um, <laughs> not not this one here, right? Either um, they were just, uh, but instantly they embraced. Right. So I think there's something magical about that engaging in that activity that does draw people together, um, in, in, in kind of a really cool, cool way. I don't know if that quite answers your question. So maybe you can kind of lead me where I've, I've left a gap in there.
0: Well, actually, I think you, you really hit the nail on the head there. And one of my favorite things that I've seen, um, and this is where the differentiation between physical wellness and then fad fitness really begins to show itself. Um, And I'm thinking specifically about the wellness center where, you know, I see different populations from different ages Uh, different backgrounds, different cultures. And like you said, they come in and they're, they're total strangers. And by the end of one group class, they're high fiving, Mm -hmm. you know, knuckle bumping. It's like, wow, we've cultivated this connection just through a little, little sweat here, you know, Mm -hmm. just through struggling together. And it's really neat to see that come together. And I, I do think, you know, physical wellness plays a a large role in our community like you were saying and it was specifically highlighted this past year or past year and a half during the pandemic but but really we should see the importance of having a healthier community right i mean from from every standpoint financially overall life satisfaction you know quality of living in in that town i mean By cultivating our physical wellness, you are directly improving the community. So speaking of cultivating physical wellness, so we have you here, George, big, bad director of the wellness center, multiple, uh, multiple, you know, experiences with regards to training with uh, education. But what do you do? what do you do to balance your own physical wellness? I know you're a busy guy. Um, you know, you've got family, you're, you're a boss. How do you find time? What do you do? And what really quick, what have you learned, I guess, about your journey through physical wellness?
1: Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think I learned a lot early on. Like I kind of mentioned, like I was at overweight, teenager. Right. And, and this kind of goes back to why I even decided to do the career path that I I went on. So uh, I kind of got into health and exercise and I was, I was the quantity guy. Right. So it was all about more, more, more. Right. The only thing I wasn't doing more of was eating. Right. So I was like, kind of like borderline, like eating disorder over exerciser um, all for the sake of like, you know, this aesthetic goal. Right. And I, so I, I feel like I did everything that you could possibly do wrong wrong um you know from a from an actual physical health standpoint right because when you, you think about like eating disorders and uh, you know losing a lot of weight like those things just weren't really healthy i wasn't doing things smart so that that's what sort of drew drove me to be in my to start this this career right i, I wanted to teach people how to do this in a way that didn't cause harm um you know and, and one, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, kind of a little bit about me. I'm so as a dyslexic individual, one thing I've learned about individuals with dyslexia is they often like capture the bigger picture better than they do the individual parts. Right. So in college, you know, you study the parts, right. The parts are like right in your face, like you study like anatomy and you study physiology and it's all like right here. Um, and it wasn't until after I kind of took a step back after college where I realized, like, all those things actually work together to create movement and to create harmony, um, in movement. And that's what really my kind of like journey really towards like healthy exercise really kind of started. Cause like it kind of all sort of came together and I was like, okay, these body parts weren't made to function individually. Like I was taught that they were, they actually all work together, right? Like the eight dimensions of wellness, all of our, our skeletal system works with our muscular system, which works with our neuromuscular system, which works with our fascial system. All those layers sort of harmonize together to create, you know, this movement. So, you know, my journey into fitness went from, you know, an extreme to like, how can I, you know, really tap into how my body was created to improve it? You know, so it, it, it's really all about like creating better movement. Uh, than it was about creating big muscles. Right. And and often I think that's sort of like the, where we all start, right. We want to like, we have this physical goal, we want to look better and, you know, uh, but I I think you can certainly do both of those things uh, together. So to me, you're just tapping into, you're you're just tapping into a much stronger engine. When you think about all of those things together, you're going to be a much stronger individual, right? Like just Like for your example, when you think about the eight dimensions of wellness versus just the one, you're going to be a stronger individual as a whole. When we think about our body and all its systems working together to create this physical wellness, we're going to be a lot stronger at the end of the day. We're going to have a lot more horsepower to do the things that we want to do, whether that's play with your grandkids uh, or or whether that's, you know, just, you know, expressing yourself in, 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 in the gym to reduce stress, to stay healthy, whatever, whatever those goals are, it'll definitely align better. You'll have more capacity to do that.
0: One of my favorite things about this dimension is the, uh, the personal touch it has, you know, everyone's personal journey is different. It's just interesting hearing yours and, and how you got started and where you ultimately, you know, ended up. And it's interesting too, how different physical wellness can look for everyone. You mentioned, you know, about the grandparent being able to, to kneel down and give the grandchild a hug versus the CrossFit athlete, you know, participating in the CrossFit games. You'd look at those two situations and be like, well, they're, they're totally different, but in some ways, you know, the goal for the grandparent may even be more so, you know, so being physically well throughout your entire lifespan is obviously immensely important. Um, so last question, and, and I kind of glossed over it there. I'll probably actually fix this in post. But for you, for you, George, so now with with as busy as your life is, how do you make time to balance your own physical wellness? And what does that look like for you, like on a on a day to day basis?
1: Yeah. Yeah first and foremost, you got to like, you got to find your why, right? You think you kind of started there, right? You, you've got to find why it's important to you, right? Uh, because without any sort of intrinsic drive to do it, like you're just, you're not going to do it, right? Even if I told you, like, all you need is 10 minutes a day, uh, you know, to, to to engage in sort of a, some movement health, right? You, you're you not going to do it unless there's like that intrinsic why. So find out what it is, right? You know. And the the beauty of it is is exercise and movement is good for everything. Right. So whether it's a a disease you're working through or you don't want to work through, you know, from a prevention standpoint, cancer prevention, uh, whether it's you do want to be active with your grandkids, you want to be able to get up and down off the ground. You don't want to you know, you don't want to be, you know, a a statistic from a broken hip. You you just got to tap into your why. Right. And for me, my why is is a probably a little bit different than others. Somebody who works in this profession, you know, my professors were always like, you guys are just weird animals. Um, and there's a lot of truth to that, right? Because I don't have to always like get up and want to do it. I just sort of do it because it's just, I like, it's a hobby of mine personally. Like I engage in it because it's just sort of fun, right? Some people like to, build models right where I just like to like, you know, be creative and, and explore movement. That's sort of my fun. But I also have, you know, I have five kids, I have a wife, I want to live long and I want to be able to be engaged with them. And I want to be able to, to coach sports with them. Like, you know, we're just coming off the Thanksgiving Day season where I was, you know, my two younger boys, I've got a, you know, a 12 year old and a eight year old boy that, you know, our church does a turkey bowl. So we were out there playing football for an hour, Um, you know, and he was like, I want to do this every year. Right. So I want to be able to do that and engage in that uh, with them. And, you know, I don't want to be like so sore. I can't move for two months afterwards. Um, You know, so I definitely have other goals other than just like, you know, wanting to be well. I see, I see my mom and dad both struggled with obesity. Um, you know, my mom had like a gastric gastric bypass surgery. My dad, um, you know, magically lost about 180 pounds on his own through through exercise. So he lost basically me um, um, in exercise. You know, my sister, you know, both my sisters struggled. One of them is, is again having a healthy lifestyle. One of them had surgery. So I kind of like see that as like a family background. And I, 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 you know, I don't want, I don't want that to happen. I don't want to have to struggle with those, those things. So I definitely found my why. So you've got to find that. And then once you have your why, like you make time for what's important to you, right? The number one excuse for not exercising is I don't have time. Um, But it's really, you, you don't have a why. You don't have anything to connect you to it. And then it's just a matter of figuring it out, right? You know, finding out how much time you do have. Again, that's where we often blow it in the new year's resolutions, right? I want to, I want to go to the gym every day and I want to exercise for an hour again, because that's what the world tells us, right? The pendulum's way over here. We have to know where the pendulum is, right? Um, you don't have to do that, right? You know, find what works for you, right? Is it 10 minutes a day? Is it 15 minutes? You, You find what works for you, you make time for it and then you start to see and feel the benefits of it in all your other dimensions, right? Um, you know, like, you know, certainly this year of all years, like emotional health and physical wellness are really tied very closely together. And we're really seeing that. And our industry is really trying to, to, to shout that from the rooftops. Right. You know, everybody's struggling emotionally right now. Like exercise will help help you deal with those those things to um, so find that find your why and then find time for it. For me, it's getting up first thing in the morning. Um and, and and taking care of it before the kids even get out of bed right i try to like save a little bit so that they can see you know nothing you know makes my heart happier than to see my four year old come down the steps and do do some ladder drills because the ladder's out or jump over some hurdles because the hurdles are sitting there and you know pulling on some bands just you know doing what dad does so it's it's a it's kind of a a cool thing to to see but i want them to see me doing that too so i don't want to like totally leave it in the morning when they don't realize what i'm doing um so it's nice that they get to see that this is important and why uh, so that, that that that's a long answer to your question, but uh, hopefully that captured a little bit of what you're looking for.
0: No, that's a great answer. And that's awesome. You know, having your kiddos kind of come, coming down the stairs to see dad working out. Uh, and I've seen some of your workouts, so I can only imagine exactly what they're seeing. Uh, like is dad beating up the, the wall or is he working out what's going on here? <laughs> so, but, but that is really cool, man. It's cool that you find that balance and that, that you find that why. Um, you know, in some of our other episodes and I'm, I'm thinking about spiritual wellness, we talked about finding your why with regards to, you know, your purpose for, for basically uh, living, you know, and mm. and one of the things we talked about there is uh, Victor Frankel, uh, a psychiatrist once said uh, a man with a why can live with almost any how. Mm. And, and I think when you think about finding your why and how it how it pushes you it'd be easy to hit that, that snooze button, right? It'd be easy to say, Hey, I'm going to sleep in today. It's cold. Um, But, you know, trying to set that good example for your kids and trying to set that good example, you know, being the director of the wellness center, right? Being a leader. uh, uh, One of the first things that I admired about your leadership was how you led from the front and from example, I didn't have to listen to the things that you were saying as much as I could see the things that you were doing. And that really spoke volumes. So I think being able to prioritize that and saying, Hey, I'm going to carve out time. If I can carve out time for two episodes of Netflix, I can carve out time to take care of my health. Right. Because like you mentioned, it's so important. If we don't make time to be healthy, well we should probably make time to be sick because that is inevitable.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I guess my, my final question for you, um, George, we were talking a lot about, fitness and, and physical wellness and what we get right what we get wrong how to fix that if you were thinking specifically for the first group i want you to think of is just for a group of people how how should they get started what is that first step um and then i want you to think what that could look like for the youth okay so you kind of two different categories there yeah
1: so obviously if you found yourself and I think all of these dimensions, but you're all you'd said it earlier, like we're always on a journey. right? We're, all, we're somewhere along the path um, and sometimes we're going to fall off the path and we just want to keep plowing forward. Right. Um, but if you find yourself more like, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. You know, sometimes the best thing you can do is just, you know, invest a little bit of money towards that. Right. Find somebody in your area who you know and interview them right you know there's no reason like you just have to pick a trainer or, or pick a gym right interview who you're going to talk to find out if like they have the same how they think about exercise right are they more over here with the quantity or are they kind of in the middle with like hey i want to want you to do lots of things with a real good quality movement i would say most of them are going to probably sit right here or are they all the way over here where it's just all about um you know doing things quality with you know without the quantity thing so find out what like what lines up to you G- get some advice from from those health professionals that are going to look at you as an individual and they're going to take all of those other dimensions of you into account as they're planning your exercise routine right like i don't want to take somebody like that's like super stressed out at work and in life and like any have them engage in like an hour of high intensity exercise right but you're adding stress to stress and that's that's not a good recipe right but i might give them a little of the good stuff to kind of help offset some of that stress but i don't want to add too much to that right so you want to I think the best thing you could do is just invest a little bit and learn from from a professional who does this. Right. Um, and for some reason, I think because uh, there's so much out there like YouTube and social media where you can find exercise, uh, but that it's not personalized. It's not has nothing to do with about you. you so we end up sort of like cookie cuttering this stuff um, and not making it personal for ourselves and where we are. And, and I think we're, we invest so much other of our resources towards things that we care about. Like, you know, think about money we're spending in medicine, right? Well, if exercise can get you off the medicine, like, you know, what, why not invest a little bit towards that? So I think your best bet would be to seek out a professional and get some advice, right? You may not need to meet with them like constantly, but definitely utilize them to help sort of guide you on the path and figure out what is the right, um, right things for you to be doing right now um and then kind of you know kind of grew from there if you didn't want to do that you know i, I you know i kind of preached to everybody about like hey like these are you know know your basic movement patterns and accomplish those right and if you don't know what those are again you know more reason for you to kind of seek out that professional help um in, in doing that now for the youth um, i think the answer is probably simpler than we give it credit for, right? Because uh, again, <laughs> uh, youth, sports, and youth activity are really no different than where we find ourselves as adults, right? because we're 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 quantity, right? And that's how we parent sometimes. We bring our our misunderstanding of things to our ch- children, right. And that, And that usually looks like they're going to be involved in sports, 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 sport, 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 sport right. Um, and a lot of times that sport is the same movement in the same way over and over again, which can lead to overuse. And we're seeing it sadly, like where kids are getting hurt. Like young children are suffering from like Tommy John surgery and things like that, right? That should never, ever, ever be a part, right? But it's because we thought like, well, we want our kids to be af- active. So why not have them like throwing a baseball as hard as they possibly can all year round, right? That's just not the best idea. So the, the why I think it's simple is just like play, <laughs> Get the kids to play, right? Get the kids to have fun, right? Kids naturally we are born to move, right? That's why we don't just stay in the crib. We roll around, we seek to explore areas. Like we naturally gravitate towards movement and exploring and playing. Um, let, let them play, you know? Have them involved in sports. I'm not saying that at all. I love being involved in sport, but have them involved in a lot of sports, um, exploring lots of different movement, and then take seasons off where they just get to play outside and use their imaginations and be creative and make up their own games. Um, you know, I I think that sort of like allows the natural exploration of the human body to just explore and learn about movement. Right. And then again, you probably create a much better athlete on the other side of that. Right. Um, I don't think we really need to be overly concerned with getting our kids locked into a sport until like later in, high school towards college, right? Where you're thinking about scholarships and things like that. Um, I think we often look at the exception to the rule, like the the Tiger Woods um, or the LeBron James who played that sport their entire life and never did anything but pick up a golf club or a basketball. But those are the exceptions. Those are like the, like the rare exceptions to that. Where really most, if you look at most really good athletes, they were probably engaged in two or three sports in high school, right? They're multi-sport, multiple movers, um, and they have some genetic gifting, which is, is, is always helpful. But I think just for kids, it's about play for adults. It's about finding, you know, seeking out professional help and finding what, what can work for you and what amount of dose that you can have
0: with that. I think that's great advice. I think that calls right back to prioritizing, you know, Hey, if I'm going to invest, not just my money, it doesn't, you know, I'm going to invest my time and my energy. We're so quick to, invest our time and energy into social media or TV or or whatever, you know, versus, Hey, I'm going to take this time and talk to a professional who, Hey, George Reed has done this for 20 years. And I just read about this on YouTube in six minutes. Maybe he knows what he's talking about. So I think it's a great point to bring up to at least speak to a professional gauge gauge their, their expertise and find that match. And, and for kids, I think you're exactly right. One of the things we always, again, try to, to talk about is being uh, simple and calling to that simplicity. And I think by allowing the kiddos to, to cultivate their physical wellness, like you said, in an unstructured way, um, not only are you building physical wellness, but you're, you're building, you know, that other, other multifaceted approach um, towards health. And and again, I think you you did a great job of highlighting how adults have that responsibility and as you have picked up that mantle of responsibility to model that behavior for for our kids and our youth, um, so that health and wellness is a priority and that they know their their physical wellness should be prioritized just just the same as, as any anything else. Um so uh, George, I really really appreciate you taking time to come down here and talk to us a little bit about this to explain why physical wellness is so important. It's one of those things that gets talked about you know over and over again. but but like you said, you know we can talk about, hey, it's important, you know you should do it. Uh, but until you really realize your why and experience it, I think it's hard to know just how important it is. And once it's gone, I think then you can really realize just how large of a role it plays in your life.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Ryan. Well, thank you. And thanks for all of your insight. Um, I would like to definitely encourage everyone. Um, if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today to check out our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, check out our website, nwprevention.org. Um, we also have season one of our podcast posted. And we definitely invite you to come back in and check out some more of our upcoming episodes. Um, George, I didn't know if you wanted to do any sort of shout out or if you were allowed to.
1: Uh, Well, I mean, obviously if you, you know, my my mindset my mentality is something that we do share with our our staff of trainers like Ryan um, you know so you know obviously rmhwellnesscenter.com is our website if you want to learn more about our website or if you want to seek our training you know you don't have to even be a, a member of our facility to get some advice get some counseling I, I think now exercising at home is is you know more popular than it's ever been um, you know you do lose that community um, a little bit um, but you may be getting that elsewhere, right? You may take your, you know, your physicality and you may be walking with, with others. Um, but if you wanted to seek out that advice, you're, you're certainly more than welcome to check us out. There's a lot of great, um, great professionals in our, in our community. So, uh, you know, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's where I'm from. And that's where I, am you know, I, I know, I know, the, I know the stuff that's coming out of there a little bit more intimately and, um, yeah, so check us out if you'd like.
0: Yeah. And I will say as a member, it's a great place to be there. They're always updating and always making good stuff happen. And besides you get to have great conversations with the wonderful director. So what could you, what else could you ask for? Right. Um, so again, Hey, thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. Thanks George so much for joining us. And I hope you guys come back and tune in for more positive vibes from the Valley. I'm your host thank Ryan. You. Thanks.